Hey family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone, your future is waiting, so prepare to move forward. your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 13. Glad to have Brunus here. Gave me some sermon illustration here in just a moment. So, so it's either here or Janiah. I had to use one of the two of them. I didn't know which one to use. But I want to share a principle with you today. It's called the principle of first. A principle of first. Now this is all throughout scripture. And I hope that by the time I finish today, that there will be this light bulb that will go on in your mind and you will think, that's why God asks us to do that. That's why God does that. That's why God wants us to be this way is because of this principle right here called the principle of first. It is really good to talk about when we talk about stewardship and giving, and tithing, but it's really a principle that if we as a church, and as a family, and as an individual, God says, if you'll catch this, God promises, no doubt, he'll bless you. How many of you want to be blessed? For the rest of you, I'm glad you're here. Uh, You're going to be blessed too, just like Pastor said. We're going to praise God. We're going to be blessed. It's just going to spill over on you, and it's going to be blessed. So it's called the principle of first. And let me ask you a question. Is God really first in your life? We'll put that to the test in just a moment, but is God first in our lives? If God is first in our lives, then everything comes into order. Because God is not a God of disorder. If God is first, then the rest of your life will be in order. If God is not first, you're going to find things being out of order. Now, I'm not saying if if God is first in your life, you're never going to have any problems. You're never going to have any issues. You're never going to have any troubles. But I am saying that the order will follow this principle of the principle of the first. And so if you can catch this, that if God is first and there is order, then blessings will naturally follow because that's the way that God is. God doesn't change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we catch this, You can catch a lot of different meanings of what God is trying to say in your life. Exodus chapter 13 verse 1 says this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying. I could stop right there. I just wish the Lord would speak to all of us. And he would say this to you. He says, consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, It is mine. If you're good with writing your Bible, you might want to underline that. It is mine. You can study Hebrew, but the Hebrew basically means don't touch it. Don't mess with this. Underline, capitalize, put it in bold letters because God says it belongs to me. So these firstborn are important to God because God says these are mine. 
This is kind of like Brunus at Big Bull Barbecue. This is mine, right? Am I right? So I told you I'd use Brunus. So Exodus chapter 13, verse 12 says, that you shall set apart for the Lord all that open the womb, that is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. Again, emphatic Hebrew, shall be the Lord. Verse 13, but for every firstborn of a donkey, don't look at your neighbor, just say the word donkey. Okay, just a fun word, just one more time, donkey. Just know you like it. If you're a Shrek fan, it's a donkey. But for every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. For all the firstborn of men among your sons, you shall redeem. So it says, if you don't redeem this firstborn, you, if you don't bring this first 10% or this first fruits, if you will, to me, you're going to lose it. Either way, if you don't, it's going to be gone. So you might as well break its neck because it's going to be lame or it's going to be eventually even uses the word cursed. So number one, if you're writing this down, write this down. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. How many of you are firstborn males in the room? Let me see your hand. My hand is up. I am the oldest boy in our family. My sister's older, my brother's younger. But every time we would watch like the Ten Commandments and it talked about the firstborn males dying, I was like, Jesus, let's be right. You know, let's be friends. Let's, uh, because I, I know this scripture, but it says, if the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. And my question was, how do we know if we have to sacrifice it or redeem it? God says, I'll tell you, and I'll give you an illustration. I'll give you two animals. The first one, and they're meant to be examples. If it is clean, which was the lamb, if it's clean, then you have to sacrifice it. If it's unclean, using the donkey, if it's unclean, you have to redeem it. Now, I'm going a little deep here, but I'm going to bring it back to your giving and your heart in just a moment. But Right now it says, if it is a firstborn animal, if it is clean, which is a lamb, then you have to sacrifice it. You have to give it to the Lord and to him only. But if it's an unclean animal, you must redeem it or you must break its neck because it's of no value if you don't redeem it. Now, some of you are jumping ahead, but just hang on right now because it's easy to think about that because we realize that this represents Jesus, who is God's firstborn, is clean. And we are unclean, and therefore, the clean was sacrificed for the unclean. We, we don't have to, we, we need to know that we are born with an unclean a human nature. How many of you parents have to teach your children how to misbehave? Anybody? <laughs> we don't have to teach them how to be ugly or be mean or say mine or you don't have to take them to school to teach them how to throw toys or pick their nose or anything like that. You don't have to tell them all that. They just know this stuff and you're like, where did you learn that? You're just like your dad or you're just like your mom. Stop doing that because we realize that we are unclean. 
I did not call you a donkey. But we are unclean. We're firstborn, but yet we're unclean. So in order for us to be accepted to God, God says there must be something that is sacrificed, that is clean, so that the unclean can be mine. Hope you're catching. Hope you're catching. Because we're going to have to put this in, in proper perspective in just a moment. But understand, we are the unclean, but Jesus is the clean. The clean had to be sacrificed in advance for all of us unclean so that we can be redeemed. Anybody know what redemption? Anybody ever had S&H green stamps in this room? I mean, am I that old? Uh, no, some of them raised their hands. You know, you used to get these little stamps. When you bought groceries, they had this little magic quill that they'd put in, and they would spit out all these little green stamps. You'd go home, and you'd lick those stamps, and you'd put them in a book, and after you got so many stamps and so many books, you could go back, and you could redeem those stamps for items at the store. They were almost like free. They were redeemed. You would redeem those stickers that you got. It was amazing. But then I got the illustration of what Jesus did for me on the cross. As Pam mentioned, that when he was on the cross, he was innocent. He had no sin. He was clean. But before the foundations of the world, God said, I will give my only begotten son so that those that were unclean can be clean and be with me for all of eternity and be with me in heaven but this is an important also a principle when it talks about tithing because when it, it takes a lot of faith when we start talking about giving to the Lord and about how, how Jesus is actually God's tithe to us. Jesus is God's tithe. The tithe is not meant to be legalistic. It's talking about being the first of what you have. That's what tithe is really more about. So God gave Jesus in faith the Bible says in Romans that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even while we were unclean, he became clean so that we could have eternal life and so that we could be heirs and not just heirs, but joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We could say that I believe in Jesus and you could have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. And so when we get to heaven and the books are open and then the book of life is open, your name is there, but you can't pay that price. It had to be paid for by a sacrificial lamb, a clean lamb in the name of Jesus so that you could go to heaven. Now are you happy about it? The Old Testament, he dealt with symbols and figures and different numbers. But in the New Testament, he dealt with people. And now he's dealing with promise. With now he gives you a promise that you can have all of eternity if you can comprehend a principle called the principle of first. Now, notice he didn't wait to see if people liked him before he gave his life he gave it first the first portion given redeems the entire rest the first redeems the rest after all the rest everything can be saved because of that now it takes faith it takes takes faith to tithe now most of you have heard about tithing hopefully your entire life Growing up as a kid, I thought they meant ties, like neckties, like John wearing a bow tie today. You know what I'm saying? Because he looks, he looks dapper 
today. John, if you haven't seen John wearing his bow tie, he looks pretty cool today. I used to think he's talking about tithes, but it's a tithe. The word tithe means 10, 10%. 10%. But let me tell you, it's not legalistic because he's not talking about 10% as much as he is talking about your heart. It's not the, the money that enacts faith. It is the fact that you're going to give to God first that enacts the faith. It's not the fact that you're giving any type of money or numbers or anything like that. It's the fact that you give him the first of what you are given or increase. And then because I can bless that because you've put me first. Just like I put you first by giving my son Jesus Christ. So the principle of the first applied to God, so it applies to us. And if we can catch this tithe, because God is not concerned, and pastor doesn't like me to say it this way, but I'm going to say it anyway, because God is not concerned with your money. He's concerned with your obedience. Uh, God, yes, whatever your money is, your money is. The church is not lacking for finances because the kingdom of God is not about that. It is about the fact that we catch this principle of the first. And if this church can realize that the more that we're all individually in obedience when it comes to our giving or comes to our time or comes to our family, if we put God first in all those areas, God will bless. No doubt about it. He already has. He's never lost a battle. I'm not singing. Praise God. Not going to do it. Now, let me just speak because God says, I want you to give to me first. Don't give it to your mortgage. Don't give it to your car payment. Those are important. But if you can learn to give to me first before the others... Let me speak to young people here for just a moment. Be careful who you give your first to. Young adults, be careful who you give your first to. God wants your first as well. Not just when you're an adult. He says give your first now. Put God first in all your ways, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Some of you are saying, why are all these things happening to me? And God says, you're on the wrong road. You're on that wide road that leads to destruction. God says, put me first and get on that narrow road, and the Holy Spirit will be your guardrails, and you won't come off the road because I have a narrow road that leads straight to where my heart wants you to go to. But God says, put me first. You must have the principle of first so that you understand where he's going with it. So, number one, the first must be sacrificed or redeemed. Number two, the first fruits must be offered. And again, it's simply that. The first of your harvest, the first of your fruits. Proverbs 3.9 says, honor the Lord with your possessions, with your first fruits, of all your increase. Notice the word all of your increase. Proverbs 3.10 follows and says, So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new, new wine. Now this is a principle. Notice I keep saying principle. It's not a law. It's not in the Ten Commandments. This is a principle. This is a predictable pattern of God. A principle by which he says, If you will do this, I will do that. God says, if you will follow this formula, I will bless you. I will be there. 
And then in Exodus chapter 23, if you'll skip over there, it says the first of the first fruits, in case you're not catching what he's, what he's saying, the first of your first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Malachi says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse and you shall be blessed. Notice the Bible uses the word bring instead of give because you cannot give something that doesn't belong to you. Woo! I just said part of your money doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. The Bible says the tithe is the Lord's. So you can't give what is not yours. But he said you can bring it. And I've searched a lot of scripture. And a lot of this teaching is based upon Pastor Robert Morris's book. It's called The Blessing. And we, I served at a church, Gateway Church in Southlake. And it's a huge church. Hugely blessed because the church has caught this principle, the principle of first. They give to Israel first. Nobody got too excited about that except Dinar. Thank you, Dinar. <laughs> but Gateway gives to the Jew first. And then they, they give generously to other churches and other ministries. But the church as a whole has learned to put that scripture into obedience. Now, so bring instead of give. And we can bring it into the storehouse. And now we've searched lots of scriptures and you can only do two things with the, with the tithe. You can bring it or you can steal it. That's it. If you keep it, you stole it. Woo. Woo. Stepping in it, aren't I? I'm sorry, but... You either bring it into the storehouse or you steal it. And the Bible says in Malachi, will a man rob God? Joshua chapter 6, he tells the story of how they're going into the promised land. And God has taken them through the wilderness and they're just crossing the Jordan and they're about to go into Jericho and God says, whatever you do when you get in there, Joshua chapter 6, you can read the whole thing. But he says, when you get there, I want you to take everything that you get, all the treasury, all the, all the treasure, and I want, to bring, I want you to bring all of that into the temple. All of it. All of it. Bring it. Because why? Because that was the first city in the promised land that they were going to conquer. Have you caught that principle, the principle of the first? That was the first city. It was the first of guess how many cities that they captured right away? Ten. Except the second one was a little small battle that they were involved in called AI. And they lost it. You know why? Because a man named Achan decided that was a lot of treasure. And he didn't want to give it all to the temple. He didn't want to give it all to the church. He wanted to keep some and bury it underneath his tent. And so Achan buried it with his family underneath his tent. So the next battle they went to, they, what he said to give me is the consecrated items. Now all of a sudden, those few items buried under Achan's tent became the curse by which the entire nation lost the next battle because they broke the principle of the first So I'm telling you, there is nothing 
Their finances will never hinder what the kingdom of God desires to do. If we desire, if we will put God first in our giving. It doesn't matter if you make a lot or you make a little. Because we have to convince ourselves that 90% of something that is blessed is better than 100% of something that is cursed. Just math just works that way. 90% of something that is blessed is greater than 100% of something that is not of God, that has broken the principle of first. That's easy. Now, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3, I'm going to change to this story for the rest of my time. This is the story of Cain and Abel. You know, the first two brothers, Cain really liked uh, to farm, and he had a lot of vegetables and a lot of other stuff that he did, and, and Abel was more of the farmer. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 3, I think it's on the screen, it says, And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. Notice it doesn't say he brought the first. It says that in the process of time, eventually he got around to it. And with some of the leftovers that he wasn't going to really take anymore, he decided, I'm going to give them. Yeah, I'll give that to God. And God rejected that offering. And he rejected Cain. Notice what he did for verse 4. And Abel also brought the, of the firstborn of his flock, but he brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Notice he respected the person and the offering. Verse 5, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Why? Because Cain broke the principle of first right off the bat because he didn't give his best to God he gave his leftovers. God says, I don't need it. I don't want it. It's not that he said, I, I, I won't bless it. I can't bless it. Because I'm God. And there's certain things God can't do. Did you know that? Let me give you a couple. God can't do certain things. And God cannot act outside of himself. He, he can't act outside of his character. And he says, God says, I can't accept Cain's because it wasn't his first fruits. Because God can't change. He's perfect. It's a big word. It's called immutability. I wrote it on there. It's called his immutability. God can't change if he wanted to. If God played golf, he would shoot an 18. He'd get a hole in one every time. I hate to play with him. I mean, it's like, oh, God's teeing off. It's 429 yards. Well, went in the hole. God, you're not much fun. What'd you use? Oh, I used a putter. I don't know. I mean, but God can't change. Another thing God can't do is God can't think the way that we think. He knows everything. That's because of his omnipotence. Because we, God can't change. We think to figure things out. God doesn't have to figure things out. He's already figured them out. Nothing just occurs to God. Like, aha. God can't wake up one day and says, oh, myself. 
What's the good news? Oh my God, no. He can't say, he can't say, oh my self. Nothing surprises God. Omni means all. Science means knowledge. All knowledge. God can't. So he couldn't accept Cain's offering because he couldn't change. He can't accept Cain's offering because he knows all. He knows Cain could have given him better. He knows Cain gave him leftover. He knows how much Cain makes. He knows how much he's got in the bank. He knows how much Cain spent on that chariot. He knows how much Cain spent on that cell rock. I don't know what he had. I don't know. And finally, God can't, he can't accept second place. He can't. He just can't. The Bible says that's preeminence. Eminence means king or royalty. Pre means before. So God is preeminent, which means he is before all royalty, before all kingdoms, before all. He's before that. So if you think a person is great, God's greater than that. If you think God is, if you think a person is smart, God is smarter than that. Who do you think gave Solomon all of his wisdom? It didn't just pop in his brain. God says, I'll give you my fingernail of wisdom. And Solomon goes, pow, I know everything now. And God says, pre, I know even more than that. So God can't accept Cain's offering because he knows. God says, I can't take the leftovers. I'll just reject it. If you can't give me the best, then I don't want the rest. So how do we know what's first in our lives? Show me your phone. Show me your banking transactions. Show me the other things that you put. Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What do you spend your time and energy and money on? Pastor gave me these shoes, by the way. I didn't buy these. These are, these are my birthday. I've never had a pair of this cool in my life. I tried them during worship. They still can't dance. I don't know what's wrong with them. But they just don't do it. I don't know. I tried jumping and it wouldn't I got that high. That's all I got. So it's, I tried. I tried. So you have the firstborn must be sacrificed. The first fruits must be given. And number three, the tithe must be first. Okay? To, to finish out this principle. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 27 verse 30 says, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy or set apart or reserved for the Lord. And the word there means reserved for the owner. It's implying a vineyard. And it says, you can have all the grapes in the vineyard, but don't touch the first Give me the best so that we can have the new wine. Adam and Eve, you can enjoy all the garden, but don't touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the principle of the first. You can have all the rest. You can even eat of the tree of eternal life, but instead you don't choose that apple. You choose the apple of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because the certain serpent tempted you. But God says, I can't accept that. 
depart from me. Get out of the garden. When we all get to heaven, he's going to say, depart from me. You're going to say, but I went to Forward City. I jumped and I danced and I shouted. I even gave some money (laughs) now and then. And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I don't know you because you didn't put me first. You got to put him first. So let me use an illustration. I don't have it because I don't have it. Uh, If I give you a thousand, I'll give you a job that's going to pay you a thousand dollars. So I have, I have a hundred dollar bill. I actually are going to have uh, 10, $100 bills in my hand. How much is the tithe? Quickly. 100. Which one is the tithe? The first one, right? Whoa. Do you know that we talked about Gateway Church? Hey, Gateway. We realized that the giving per person there was not about an amount. It was about participation. And that if they could get everybody to participate, we would see not just the finances go up, but everybody would be happier. Because every time Keisha gets on the screen and talks about giving, some of you folks all of a sudden have to go out to the, take a phone call. You have to look off. You can't even look at Keisha in the eyes because you're so ashamed of your giving. Because you haven't tithed in a couple of months. And so you won't even watch Keisha give that giving statement when she said, you've got to give with those yellow fingernails. You don't even understand what we're talking about. Those fingernails just are flying. I mean, just a going. Woo! And I'm like, my goodness. But you, you feel guilty because you know Keisha's going to talk about giving, and you're like, Keisha, why, what's Keisha got to do that every week for? Can't she talk about Dinar or something? I mean, can't she talk about Janaya? Let's do something. But no, because you feel, but we realize that if we can get people to give, their guilt goes away and they're happier. Not only are they blessed, but they tend to be happier when they come to church. And when somebody, and all of a sudden, their, their cars don't get flats anymore. Guess what? Their transmissions work even though they haven't put fluid in it in a couple of years. You know, We don't know how. It's just a blessing of God. So we said if we can raise that level of participation, and the highest I think we ever got was about 70% of the church gave on a regular basis not only did they grow tremendously but they were happy they had caught the principle of first and whoever took the offering they would celebrate if they came out and said hey we need a we have a need and you know what (laughs) gateway actually did they stopped taking offerings in church He said, if you want to give, that's between you and God. We're just going to let you give online. Give electronically. But we're not going to pass the plate. We'll have a box at the back and you can drop your tithe on the way out. Because we didn't want them to think that if if the preacher was good, then we're going to tithe. If the music was good, then we're going to give a little bit more. If, if, If everybody, if there's a lot of fire here that day, then I wanted to give a little bit another check. Because we're not critiquing what goes on on the platform by the giving of our money. We're giving to God because God is first and he's the owner of our vineyard. 
So they said, we're not going to take the time in our services. We're not going to take offerings like that. Pastor didn't like that either. Sorry about that. So we don't want to talk about legalistic. We don't want to get into that. It's a principle of putting God first in everything. Because that, that way we know that it's important. If your time, your treasure, your talent, put God first. I know a lot of you like to come up to the church and see. There, there, there's coming a day when we're going to have to stop seeing and we're going to have to start working. We're going we're gonna to involve some of you to say, we're going we're gonna to need you to come up and do some stuff. You see, we, we've got to prepare for harvest. This is not about coming and enjoying the new. This is about coming, and when I come, because I'm a part of, I'm a forward citizen, I'm going to learn. I'm going to have to park over at the mall and walk across or take a shuttle. I, I'm going to have to sit at the back and, and, and take the bad seats so that the visitor can get the good seats. I'm going to have to know that I can't sit on the end and make people crawl over me to get inside. I'm going to sit in the middle and and I'm I'm going to do things that nobody else wants to do because I'm putting God first. You see, so, but in the meantime, when we say, hey, we're going to have a work day, I don't need 10 people and a baby showing up for that work day. See, I told you I'd work it in somehow. You know, if we have, if we... (laughs) I told him I was gonna have twenty people. I was gonna have, I was gonna have twenty people in a Honda. I don't know what I was gonna have, but I was gonna start with this twenty people in a Honda. No, you people. I'm getting in trouble. My wife said he shouldn't have said that. I'm, but like Pastor talking about a white baby, I can't talk like that. I can't do that. I can't believe he said that. I still can't believe. He said that lesson. Woo! He got in trouble. Dr. Jack, he almost left the building right then. Now, let me end on this. <clears throat> Last scripture. We'll go back to Exodus, Exodus chapter 13, verse 14. So shall it be when your son asks you in time, saying, What is this? That you shall say to him, by the strength of the hand of the Lord, who brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, and it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of the beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open to the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. The Bible says that when your son asks you, why do you give to the church? You can sit down and you can say, son, come here, let me talk to you a little bit. You see this house? You see these cars? We weren't always this way. We, we weren't always blessed. There was a time that we were all slaves to sin. But you see, God redeemed us by giving his only son. And so I return to him what already belongs to him so that he can then bless us so that we can have this. 
And the son's going to say, I I don't get it. But you're going to show him. My wife and I, when, and I know Pastor Robert had a similar story in his book. We tell us a story about how whenever we used to get paid with this written out thing called a check, we would then use a piece of, they were called checks for you young people. They were little pieces of paper that we used to write bills on. We'd actually put them in the mail, lick the envelope. Those things tasted nasty. But then we would put them in the mail, and then it was crazy. They, it, was, it was very archaic back then. No online, no button pushing, no, no instant deposits, none of that. But one day my son saw the checks that we'd put aside to give to the church for our giving. He said, Dad, what is this? And I said, well, that's our gift to the Lord. That is our tithe. He said, I don't understand. Why do you give so much? I mean, we have all these things that we need. Man, I haven't had a new pair of shoes, or I need a new basketball, or I I need a new game, or I knew. And I'm like, son, all this wasn't already here. Your dad was not always in the ministry. I wasn't always what some people call a good man. There were times when I wasn't living right. There were times when the world would call me more worldly than godly. There was a time. And I said, this is, this is how I put God first. It's not always fun. It's not always easy. That was a hard check to write sometimes when the electric bill was more and there was much more month than there was check. But yet God says, I'll bless. I'll bless. If you'll put me first. But God, by his mighty hand, I will deliver. And he delivered us. And he still does. Would you stand? Let me ask you a question. Praise team's going to sing in just a moment, but let me ask you a question. You can bow your heads. You don't have to. But let me ask you a question. I started it off this way, and I want to conclude with this. Is God first in your life? I believe there's people here today that not just through the worship or through the words or through anything that was said, but there's, there's been something in your spirit. You can't even understand it or can't really put words to it. But you want to try to put God first from this point on. You want to, you want to do this. You want to try this. Some of you are already doing it. But yet some of you are saying, I really want to put that principle in action. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you to be able to put God first in your, in your life and then put God first in your heart. Then start putting God first in your actions. First thing in the morning, get up. And, and pretty soon you're going to realize that you're not going to say, good Lord, it's morning. You're going to say, good morning, Lord. I want to spend some time with you. I want to open your word. I want to put you first. Then you're going to see things begin to make sense. And then other things are going to start happening. And yes, it's about tithing. This whole series is about stewardship. 
You can never outgive the, the Lord in anything that you give. But as you learn how to tithe and as you learn how to give offerings and special gifts, realize the principle of first. Put God first. Would you bow your heads? Father, we love you. We know that your name is great in all the earth. But Lord, may your name be great in this house, in our house, Lord. I pray that people will know that this will be known as a generous church. A church that knows how to give because they have applied the principle of first to their own individual lives. And Lord, that you have blessed them beyond their ability. You will draw people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. They will come to two notch and they won't know why. Lord, they will come looking for something and they will find you. And Father, you will change them for all of eternity. I thank you for that. I thank you for putting us first, Lord. And I pray that you gave us Jesus Christ so that now we can return back to you a portion of what you blessed us with. We love you, Lord, and we put you first in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you sing it up? Amen. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to this Jesus that you've been hearing about, pray this simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart. Change me forever from the inside out. I'm saved. I am different. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time, or even if you rededicated your life today, I'm so proud of you, and you're not alone. Go now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. We'd love to hear from you. Remember that in Christ, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So move forward. Love you.